Welcome, friends, to I Think Speech. I am Hazel Archer Ginsburg, and I'd like to say congratulations. You have made it to the midpoint of Holy Week on our Eightfold Path to Easter 2021. So today, Holy Wednesday, Mercury Day, another turning point. So let me just paint a little picture here of the Gospel of Matthew. I believe it's chapter 24, where this picture unfolds of this quiet country town of Bethany, beyond the Mount of Olives, where not too long ago, the scene of the rising of Lazarus had been. The event which had drawn the attention of the authorities really kind of started everything off in the public domain. Lazarus, along with the disciples of Christ, are gathered around his table. Is his home. Lazarus, who had earned the title John, the one described as resting on the heart of Jesus the next evening at the Last Supper, the one whom Jesus loved. Now we have to remember that Martha and Mary Magdalene are sisters of Lazarus John. And it is in their family home that they have gathered. So in the life of these three, there has been an event which brought about a radical transformation for each of them in their own way. For Lazarus, it was the awakening from the grave, right? The coming in of new ego forces. For Mary Magdalene, it had been the freeing and purifying of her astral body. And Martha is said to be the woman who was healed of the issue of blood. So through the Christ, her etheric formative forces were restored. So as they, they all sit at the table with the disciples, Mary Magdalene anoints the feet of Christ with precious spikenard ointment, wiping his feet with her hair. Spikenard is an ancient, sacred oil used for thousands of years as a, a spiritual tool to assist in self-reflection and clarity. It's been around for centuries as an evocation of the perfume of the lost Garden of Eden. Interesting. It's sacred to the planet uh, of Venus and the honeybees and is associated with the crown chakra. So spikenard, or more commonly called nard oil, has a, a really strong, warm, sort of musky note. It's, it's very similar to the aroma of, of healthy earth. Yeah. So this oil... It's said to inspire deeds and harmonizes the relationship between heaven and earth. So, yeah, it's quite a picture. And in St. John's Gospel, it uh, tells us that the whole house was filled with this perfume. 
And we can remember that Mary Magdalene had performed a similar act a year and a half previously after her healing release when no one would cast the first stone. But what does her act of anointing signify now? It is a sacramental act, the fulfillment of the last anointing. But the solemn stillness is suddenly broken by the, the jealousy, that's the way I see it, of the disciples, and especially of the figure who forms a complete contrast to Mary Magdalene. When Judas sees the deed of Mary, he, he loses self-control. He, he says, oh, this precious money could have been, you know, used for the, for the poor. And this gave him the final impetus to his act of betrayal. Because he had waited a long time for, for Jesus in the hopes that he would come forth publicly to, to lead what he wanted, you know, an earthly political revolution. But no, this was, this was not to be. And it's interesting because both Judas and Mary Magdalene are, we might call them typically Mercury people. They are active and temperamental. One of the virtues of their nature is that something's always happening around them. Mary Magdalene, however, trains her restlessness and transforms it into devotion, peace, and the capacity for love. She is truly a messenger of the gods. This intense devotion allows her to be the first to meet and behold the risen Christ. And Judas, on the other hand, pretends to want something for the poor, but, you know, however good and commendable social activity may be, for him it is only a self-deception. The underlying motive is not a genuine social impulse, but his own inner restlessness, a yearning to an unacknowledged weakness. It's a, it's a yielding to it. And, and this leads to his betrayal and his own dark fate. Such a soul cannot show devotion. Above all, it, it cannot love. A restless person is not capable of real love, for love is only possible when the soul has found peace. We can, we can all learn from, from these lessons. You know, I, I, I know for myself that I, I, I often feel that restlessness and I, I must strive for peace. So we, yeah, we see in these two diverse figures, two roads that separate like, like at a crossroads. One leads to the love of Christ, the other into tragedy and suicide. Martha, on the other hand, the other sister of Lazarus, is kind of a transition between these two. Martha is the constantly active one. She, you know, her service and devotion are genuine, but the unrest which was healed in her body has remained in her soul. She has not quite found her peace 
Yeah. These mercurial characters of Holy Wednesday show us the crossroads which we must face before we can hope to be admitted to the, the sphere of Monday Thursday, right? Which brings us the mystery of the sacrament. Now, Judas, he's a man without ritual. He, he loses self-control when he, when he comes into the sphere of true ceremonial worship, which was performed by Mary Magdalene, this, this sacramental soul. And Martha, she's still in this place of trying to control. So, yeah, can we see each one of these characteristics in ourselves? And recognize that that Mercury, who is the, the Greco-Roman uh, god of healing, and also the god of merchants and thieves, and how this... This Mercury being now comes into the orbit of the Christ Son. So this scene in the house of Lazarus and Mary and Martha shows how Mercury, the God of healing, can himself be healed by the Son-imbued Christ impulse. This is our thoughts for Holy Wednesday. Thank you, friends, and we'll, we'll see you soon. Until then, peace.